The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Of course there is a cause. There is a cause. I am the reason for this battle. I am the reason. You have no idea. I was anointed years ago for this battle. I was anointed. I was anointed years ago for this battle. This uncircumcised Philistine, I was anointed in the secrecy. What God is doing here, he's anointing us. He's anointing us. He's preparing us. He's teaching us faith this year. Preparing us for next year. When the Goliath showed up, we will say to Goliath, do you not know that I was anointed for this? I've got this. I've got this. This is what I was born for. Alright. Okay, if you're ready for the word. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Okay, turn with me please in, the, in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 11. The book of Mark chapter 11 verse 22 to 24. Mark chapter 11 from verse 22 to 24. Are you there? Amen. I read. It says, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you this morning on a very, very important message that I believe will help us to position our faith in God. It will help us to position our faith in God. So this message is so important. Amen? Amen. If there's any message that I have preached that is important, this one is so, so important. Because when we talk about faith, there is only one person who can teach us faith better than anyone else. And his name is Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. So when we talk about faith, we are talking about Jesus. If Jesus is the author, an author means the one who writes something or the one who owns something. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So if we are going to be able to do the impossible, then it's important for us to go to the author of faith and his classic teaching on faith. Amen. So this morning I'm teaching on a message I have titled 
how to use your faith for the impossible. How to use your faith for the impossible. One of the main challenges of every Christian is the mountains that stands in front of them. Many Christians are dealing with so many different mountains. It could be mountains of debt, mountains of depression, mountains of sickness, mountains of unhappy marriage, mountains of stagnation, mountains of all kinds of things. We can go on and on and on. So many Christians are dealing with mountains. But I want you to understand that the purpose of every mountain is not to prevent you from attaining what God has for you in this world. The purpose of a mountain is to help you to get to where you are getting to quicker and faster. And so many Christians are dealing with so many mountains. And as a result of that, we are seeing a lot of people giving up on their faith. Many people are giving up on their faith. The reason being, they have not been taught well when it comes to the area of faith and they don't have a solid or a good foundation. That is why every time I teach on faith, I go back to the foundation because without the foundation, your faith will not work. Without the foundation, your faith will not work. So if we are going to use our faith, we have to look at examples of people who have used their faith in the Bible to move mountains. We have to go into look at them and look at what they have done with their faith, how they did it, and for us also to follow the same principle and become what God has destined us to become. So the quick question we want to ask before we go into the main message is what is faith? What is faith? Faith, as we are all aware, the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, now faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. Now faith is. Faith is for now. Faith is for when? It's for now. That's why the Bible says now faith is. Faith is not for tomorrow. Faith is not for next week. Faith is for when? It's for now. And it's important for us to understand the practicality of what faith is. Now, let me give you an example. This morning when you came to church, you sat on that chair without thinking if the chair will break or not. Why? Because you have faith in the chair. That is natural faith. That is natural faith. It's the same way we put our faith 
in the chair knowing that the chair can handle our weight, we have to put our faith in God. Not in man, but in God. Not in man, but in God. So, faith is, is simply also defined as believing that God can do whatsoever he says he will do. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? So every time God speaks, God brings to pass whatsoever he has spoken. Amen? 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 amen. amen. I said amen. Amen. So, faith is for now. When God speaks it, God will bring it to pass. That's faith. Faith is believing God that he will do what he says he will do. It doesn't matter how long it takes. When he says he will do it, he will do it. When he says he will make it good, he will make it good. My most esteemed mentor said, God said to him that they are going to build the largest auditorium in the world. And it took time. It took time. But they saw it happen. Are you following me? It took some years, but it came to pass. It took maybe 17 years, but it happened. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Whatsoever God says concerning you, he will make it good. I say he will make it good. Amen. You see, that's why you have to understand God. Once you understand him, then you are rest assured. You don't have to worry. No matter how old Sarah is, no matter how old Abraham is, God said, you'll have a child. Are you following what I'm saying? So we have to move our faith from men, from systems of this world, and put our faith in God. Amen. I said put our faith in who? In God. So how do we use our faith to remove mountains that are standing before us? Look at Mark chapter 11 from verse 22 to 24 again. The Bible says that, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in who? In God. Now, when the Bible says have faith in God, what Jesus is saying is that Jesus is saying have the God kind of faith. Now, what Jesus is saying is that use the faith that God has. Not your faith. Use God's faith. Now, um, I forgot something. I want to send someone. Who can who can I send this morning? Is there anyone available for me to send this morning? Anyone? Please come. I forgot something this morning when I was coming. I forgot something at home. Where's my car keys? Where's it? Do you have a car? Yes, I do. You have a car. Where's your car keys? Bring your khakis. Now, I want to send him. I want you to follow me carefully. Let's see how 
we use God's faith, not our faith. I want you to follow me. This is important. Now, I left something at home. I want to send him to my house to go and bring whatever I have left. Right? Now, I've left something very important. My address is very important, so I cannot give it to you on public. Okay. But I'm assuming <laughs> you know where I live. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So now, go to my house mm -hmm. with the keys. I've given you mm -hmm. the keys. Use your car mm -hmm. and go and bring me what I've left in the house. Someone is asking, what have I left? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. <laughs> but I've left something very important, something when you go to my house, it's just by the door. Please bring it. Okay. So now I've sent him. Go. Now he's going, right? Please come back. Please come back. Please come back. Now, notice, now as I sent him, he's going on his terms. He's going to use his car. He's going to use his fuel. He's going to use his energy and everything. But in this case, I don't want him to do that. Follow me carefully. I don't want him to use his faith. I want him to use my faith. So in this case, he doesn't use, need to use his car. Please put your keys down. I'll give you my car. Where's my car keys? Yes, there, my car keys is always in my wife's bag. <laughs> now, I'm going to give him my car keys to go and get me what I'm sending him for. Can you see? So, now, this is my car keys. This is my faith. He doesn't need to use his car. He doesn't need to use his energy. He just needs to use my car to go and grab everything that I need. That's what Jesus is saying. When Jesus said, use the God kind of faith, what Jesus is simply saying is that you don't need your faith. You don't need to use your faith. God has already made supplies available for you to use for everything Amen. you will need. Amen. Amen. Are, you, are you getting the whole concept? Amen. So when Jesus said, the Bible says, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. What Jesus is saying is that use the God kind of faith. Amen. Not your faith. Amen. Use God's faith. Are you following me? Now let's take this a little bit further. Please take this. Now I want you to buy me some some nice food is sold outside the church. Okay. Are you going to use your money or my money? I can use my money. You can use your money. Yeah. But that's using your faith. Yeah. God is saying use my faith, his yeah. faith. So now I'm just playing now. You need to give me my money back. <laughs> I'm just playing <laughs> I'm just playing now. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I, I need to put a small asterisk there. I'm just playing. Now, I'm sending him, he could have used his money to go and get whatever I've sent him for. But God says, don't use your money. Use my money. Use my faith. So he takes the money and he goes to go and use it to buy whatever I've sent him for. You can sit down. Now you can keep that. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Now, don't let your wife take it from you now. Don't give it to your wife. Praise God. I know the women are the accountants, but don't give it to her. So, basically, what God is trying to teach us is that we must use his faith. We must use his resources, not ours. How easy is that? How difficult is that? That is so easy. But many are sitting and wondering, how am I going to do this? But Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, you know the background to this this, uh, teaching, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, and the disciples saw the fig tree withered, and they said, Jesus, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, have faith in God. So that's what the God kind of faith does. Are you following me? Verse 23, Jesus said, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, I love this, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So you see, you have to use your faith. You have to use the faith that Jesus has given you. You have to use the faith that God has given you. It says, whosoever shall say. Faith is a speaking force. You have to open your mouth and say it. If you keep your mouth shut, nothing will work. If you keep quiet, nothing will work. In this kingdom, you have to say something before you can get something. Please understand that in this kingdom, your language of faith is so important. Now, if you can't say the right things, don't speak. If you can't say the right thing, don't say anything at all. You keep quiet until you have faith enough to say the right thing. So Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. So you have to speak to the mountain to be removed. You don't cry over the mountain. This is what many people do. They sit down and start crying. Hey, hey, hey. Don't try to get sympathy from anyone. Hey, my sister, you don't know what I'm going through. Hey, my brother. No, nobody needs to know what you're going through. Don't try to get sympathy from anyone. It's even sad to an extent that people put doctor's diagnosis on social media platforms. They go to the doctor, they have a diagnosis, say, you have a cancer, and then they put it out there. Oh, I've just been to the doctor. The doctor said, I have cancer. I have three months to live. Pray for me. Who told you people on social media will pray for you? It's not a prayer prayer platform. It's called a social media. Media. Social. Social. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't give voice to anything negative. It's a whosoever shall say to this mountain. What do you want to do with the mountain? Do you want the mountain to be there or you want the mountain removed? If you're watching your favorite television 
are shown and your wife stands in front of you. It's usually the wives who stands in front of the TV. You're watching your favorite match and they are standing in front of you. What do you do? You tell them to move. She has become a mountain in front of the TV. You don't tolerate mountains. You don't entertain mountains. You speak to the mountain, be thou removed. You speak to the mountain, be thou what? Removed and be cast into the sea. That's where it belongs. The mountain belongs in the sea so that the salt can dissolve it. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't want the mountain. It might be a mountain of debt. It might be a mountain of singleness. It might be a mountain of depression. You need to speak to that mountain that be thou cast, be removed and be cast into the sea. But many people entertain mountains. and say, oh, this sickness is in our family. It's our family sickness. It's a diabetes. It's our family. My mother had it. My great-grandmother had it. My mother had it. So automatically, I'll also have it. How can you say that? How can you possibly own what doesn't belong to you? How can you own what does not belong to you? It's say, I have. I have headache. If you say you have, you will have. I have toothache. You will have. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 7, 17. From verse 16 and 17. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. And we'll come back to this. Today somebody's life will be changed. It says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and he healed all that were sick. Verse 17, it says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Himself took. What he has taken you don't have. Are you following what I'm saying? So you can't say I have. Jesus took all your sicknesses, all your diseases, all your infirmities 2,000 years ago before you and I showed up. He took them 2,000 years ago. So for the next 2,000 years that you live on earth, he has blood bought everything you will ever need for you. Because he himself took. And what he has taken, you don't have. So you don't now begin to lay claim to sicknesses and diseases. That this disease is in our family tree. 
oh, this is in our family bloodline. Oh, our family, everybody have high blood pressure. At the age of 40, everybody has high blood pressure. Oh, at the age of 50, everybody have glycoma. They start losing their eyesight. Minus you. Because he himself took. Simple definition of took. What is took? Took means? Took means? Why are you not responding? Took means took. If he has taken it, you don't have it. Amen. Took means took. He himself took it. He took before you showed. He himself took. So how can you now say, I have? You don't have. You can't have what he has taken. <laughs> now, my wife is holding this phone. Now, I now have it. Who have it? You. Does she have it? No. no. Jesus has taken all your sicknesses and your diseases. He Amen. took them 2,000 years ago. So you don't have. Amen. Give Jesus praise for that. Hallelujah. Because he himself too. So you can't lay claim to what he has taken. So Jesus said, you have to speak to the mountain, tell the mountain, be thou cast and be removed into the sea. And he said, and you shall not doubt, Mark eleven twenty three. and if you shall not doubt in your heart, if you shall not doubt, that is the key word there. If you shall not doubt in your heart. Amen. What is the opposite of doubt? Belief. Every time you doubt God, there is nothing he can do in your life. Don't doubt God. God will never order something based on your pocket. God always orders based on his pocket. He does not order a meal based on the size of your pocket. When God says one day this church will be five million, he's ordering according to his pocket, not your pocket. And one day we'll see five million in solution. I said one day in my lifetime, in your lifetime, on a Sunday, we will see five million people gathered in Solution Chapel International at one gathering place. Because God orders according to his pocket, the size of his pocket. The cattle upon a thousand hills. It says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth and everything in it. <laughs> it belongs to your father and my father. You need to use your faith this month. If you don't want to use your faith, use his faith. To access everything that is in it for you this month. Before we leave this place today, 
you will receive your supernatural packages. In the name of Jesus. It's if you shall not doubt in your heart, in your heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Who shall have? You shall have whatsoever you say. Who shall have? You shall have whatsoever you say. That's why you have to be careful what you're saying. If you don't want to have it, don't say it. Oh, the economy is going down. Everybody is going down. No, no, no. Minus you. There's recession going on. Minus you. This house is blessed. This is the most blessed house on the surface of the earth. This is the most blessed church on the surface of the earth. Why? Because God says, you shall have whatsoever you say. So when I speak blessing, I'll have blessing. Hallelujah! I said hallelujah! You shall have whatsoever you say. Don't blame anyone for what you are having. You shall have whatsoever you say. Nobody can order something I don't want into my life. Can you imagine when you go to the restaurant... Ten people sitting on the tenth table. The tenth table. They look at you. You are sitting on table number 19. They are sitting on table number 10. And then they order. Give him this. Give him that. Give him that. No. Did they take you to the restaurant? You went to the restaurant yourself. And when you go yourself, you order what you want. That's what Jesus is saying. When you open your mouth, you are making an order. You are placing an order. Every time you open your mouth, you are what? Placing an order. And every time you place an order, the waitress and the waitress will bring whatever you have ordered. And you know who the waitress and the waitresses are? The angels. So every time you order, the angels are standing, they are waiting. They say, what would you like today, boss? What would you like today? Solution, what would you like today? Solution, what would you like today? They are asking questions. You, the moment you wake up, the moment you wake up, you have woken up into the heaven restaurant. So when you wake up, you start ordering. I believe I receive. Today, wealth and riches shall be in my house. This is a good month for me. This is my spacious month. This month, I'm having properties. This month is my month of supernatural possibilities. This is my month of increase. What are you doing? You are ordering. You are ordering. You are ordering. And before you see, all the order is being fulfilled. You know, some food take time. When you go to the restaurant, they tell you, Madam, this will take 30 minutes to prepare. Depending on the package you order, they will tell you, this might take, this might take one month. This might take two months. 
this might take three months. This might take one year. This might take ten years. But once you order, it's coming. Once you order, it's coming. Now listen, listen, this is important. After you've, you have ordered, the next thing you need to do is the Bible says that who through faith and patience received their inheritance and their promises. So now, once you order, you use your faith and patience to wait diligently for what you have ordered. But you see, many people change their mind because they don't have the virtue or the spirit of patience. So they go to the restaurant, they order, and they say, the, the person said, oh, this will take um, 45 minutes. I said, oh, no, no, I don't want to. Give me, give me, give me something that will take two minutes. Now you have canceled the proper good order that is meant for you. Now what do you do? You wait patiently. That's why we have starters at the restaurant. So when you order a big one that will take 45 minutes, order a starter. Now, so if you order something big, for instance, we have ordered 5 million, 5 million people. Praise God. Oh, turn down. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is your month, I'm telling you. This is your month. This is your month. Now, so, we have ordered 5 million. Now, we have ordered how many? 5 million. Now, what we do is we have to now kick in patience to wait for the 5 million souls to come in. But in the meantime, let's say God says the 5 million will show up in 10 years. So, in the meantime, what we have to now do is we are going to order status. Before we see the 5 million, now we have to order starters. The starters will, will be probably, okay, Father, give us a starter. Give us 10 today. Give us 20 souls today. So when the 10 souls come, we have to get excited. Because the starter prepares you for the main meal. Are you following what I'm saying? So you, you, have to, you have to be excited with the starter. As you are eating the starter, you are rejoicing. Mm, this is nice. Oh, this, this is nice. Oh, thank you for this one soul that you, you have added. Oh, praise God. You are excited. With that, then you are preparing yourself. As you are rejoicing, guess what? The 45 minutes become shorter. Because praise and praise and rejoicing makes the time shorter. By the time you realize the food shows up, and say, oh, I didn't know it was going to come so quick. Is it 45 minutes already? And it's probably even an hour gone. But you didn't notice. Why? Because you were, in, you were waiting in, in, in joy, in excitement, in anticipation. Now, so that is where many Christians miss it. They are waiting and say, God, last month I didn't see anything. The month before I didn't see anything. God, you said, last month was a month of great faith. But I didn't see anything. Now what are you doing? You are memory. You are canceling the order. The 45 minutes is either going to be canceled 
or is going to be prolonged. That's what happened to the children of Israel on the desert. The more they were memory and complaining, the more the journey became longer. Ask any marriage where there is memory and complaining. Two years seems long. Two years seems like I will be doing this for 20 years. That's where one person starts praying, when is he going to die so I can be free? No, he will not die or she will not die. He or she will not die. Change your attitude and start rejoicing and enjoying. I was telling my wife the other day, you know, we've been married for 10 years, but I said, honestly, in all honesty, all honesty, I lie not. I'll never lie to you. I have never, and I will never do that. The day I lie, God will take me off on this earth. It, it feels like we've been together for, for one year, or less than one year. 10 years. Why? Joy. There's so much joy. We love each other's company. But your husband comes home. He says, hey, let's come. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Enjoy. Enjoy. That's why you have to come to the, the relationship seminar we are having next month. So you can learn how to enjoy it. He will not die. As you are praying that he should die, he will not die. <laughs> <laughs> he or she will not die. I know this, this is my sound, but they are not going nowhere. Have you not noticed that when you pray to God, kill my enemies, the more you pray, they are more alive. So they will not die. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. So every time you enjoy something, you don't see it as long. When my wife and I were courting, she used to live in Saturn. I used to live in Hackney. 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 I'll go on the bus long hours, but it didn't seem long because there was love. No, no, there was, there's still love. There was love then, there's still love now. Are you following? So, it did not seem long. When you love something, you go the, the distance. There are members in this church who come from far. Why? Because they love the church. They love the house of God. When you love something, it's not far. It doesn't matter what time you wake up. There are men and women in this church who wake up early, come to the church, set up, do everything before you show up. Dedicated because they love God and they love the house of God. When you love something, nobody has to encourage you. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise God. So because of love, I was going the distance. Sometimes hours. Hours. Sometimes I'll miss the, the train and I'll go on the bus, night bus. You know, night bus is a long route. <laughs> but I never complained. 
Never one time complained. Why? Because there was love. Do you love God? If you love God, nobody can offend you. If you love God, nobody can offend you in the house of God. You see, people who don't love God are people who say, this person offended me. If you really love God, nobody can offend you out of this church. That's right, that's right, that's right. Because have you noticed that when you love your wife, they do very offensive things, but you don't see it? Or your husband? Of course, or is there vice versa? No, no, not just one. Word. Have you not noticed? When you love somebody, they do offensive things, but you don't see it? Because you love them. But when you don't love someone, ah, when you don't love something or someone, one little offense, <laughs> one little, one, one tiny, <laughs> one little, little, you say, someone or something, everything the person says is, oh, it's lovely. I wanted to say some things, but I have to be nice, so I can't. (laughs) I want to list some of the offensive things. (laughs) Now, let's list some. Let's list a few. One of them is snoring. <laughs> Those of you whose husbands or wives snore, it's very, some people can't stand snoring. They'll buy earplugs, you know, and put it like their eight hours of sleep is like eight hours of flight. They have to use earplugs when they are sleeping, you know. But when you are in love with that person, you don't use earplugs, you don't notice that he or she is snoring. Yeah. Because he snores in, 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 in gear four. And you snore in gear eight. So there's. I mean, your snoring complements each other. There is harmony. There's harmony. You are no longer offended. Because there is what? There is love. <laughs> so, those of you husbands and wife who can't stand your husband's snoring, check whether you really love him or her. Okay, let's, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, if you really love God, no one can offend you out of this church. That's the truth. As a truth. So, oh, oh, people say, oh, someone has offended me. I'm offended. I'm this. You don't love God. Can someone kick me out of this church? No. Do you offend me? Of course, many times. Some of you, when I'm preaching, you are not writing. You are offending me when I'm teaching. But because I love you, I don't see anything wrong with you writing or not. So far as the word is working for you, that's what's, that's what's important for me. 
Yeah. You offend me by not writing, but you are not kicking me out of the church. I'm still here. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. This morning I'm really teaching. I'm supposed to go quicker, but I'm taking my time. Hallelujah. So we have to learn how to use our faith to move mountains. And these are some of the mountains. Verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. The Bible says, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Do you have any desire? Yes. Do you have any good desires? Yes. Yeah. It says, what things soever you desire. When you pray, see how, how you order your desires through prayer. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Listen, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're going to use your faith to move mountains, you have to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whosoever cometh to God must believe that God is, and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Please write this down. If you are not using your faith for something impossible, then you are not using your faith at all. If you are not using your faith for something impossible, then you are not using your faith at all. Anything you can do is not faith. So you have to learn to use your faith for the impossible. And whilst we are there, let me say this. Never allow anyone to look down on your faith. Never allow anyone to look down on your what? On your faith. Why am I saying that? Because sometimes if you're not careful, people will look down on your faith. When you tell people what you're believing God for, they will say, you couldn't, you, you have not even believed God for a tie. How can you believe God for a house? But never allow anybody to look down your faith. Why? Because Jesus said we must use the God kind of faith. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 28 to 30. Now you remember this story. This talks about David when Goliath was taunting the children of Israel and Everybody was scared of Goliath. You remember? And, and then Jesse sent David to go and give his brothers food. And you know the story. David looked for a sheep keeper, gave the few sheep to the keeper, kept the sheep, and then he went to the war field to go and give his brothers food. Just when he got to the field, the battlefront, Goliath came out again and started boasting. And David heard it. And I want you to notice something very crucial and something very important here. Now when David heard it, David started going around asking, what shall be done to the person who kills this man? Wow, David has so much faith in God. And the moment he went about asking, look at what happened in verse, seven, verse 28, 1 Samuel chapter 28. 
The Bible says that in Eliab, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men. So David is asking questions, and David's elder brother heard him asking the question. And look at what happened. The Bible says, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why comest down hither? Now, I want you to take note of something very important here. There are some people who don't want you to play on the big field. They want you to always be at the wilderness. They want you to be at the desert. They don't want you to come up where they are. I've always told you that rich people will never be happy if you are coming up to their level. They will never show you the secret to their wealth. So the brother of David was angry. He said, why have you come here? This is not your place. This is not your place. What are you coming to do here? Your place is the desert with a few sheep. And Eliab, his elder brother, when he heard him, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. David hasn't even done anything yet. He hasn't even said, the purpose of me coming here is to bring you food. His brother was angry at him. And he said, why comest thou down hither? In other words, why are you using your faith for the impossible things? The moment you start using your faith for great things, the world will take notice of you. Yeah. He said, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? The question he's asking is that, David, this is not your place. You're supposed to stay in the wilderness. Anything, any devil, anyone who wants you to stay in the wilderness shall be removed for your sake today. Let me hear living in Anything pushing your destiny to the wilderness that for you all the rest of your life you remain at the wilderness. Today God will silence them. I said today God will silence them. In the name of Jesus. I said whom have you left a few sheep in the wilderness? It says I know your pride. And the naughtiness of your heart. For thou hast come thou that thou mayest see the battle. Who in their right sense go to a war field where they are killing people to go and watch. Where bullets are flying. It's not a war film. It's not a TV. This is real battle. Now I want you to look at something very carefully. Underline the word, he said, I know thy pride. That word, I know thy pride, that means I know your faith. They must know your faith. They must know our faith. That in this church, we use our faith for great stuff. We use our faith for great things. And that's what it will be. They will say, I know your faith. I know these people from solution. When they say it, it happens. When they speak it, it comes to pass. When they declare it, we see the manifestation of it. That is going to be our testimony from today. They say, I know your pride. Next verse. Look at that. 
say, and David said. Every time the devil says, you also have to say. Never keep your mouth quiet. Every time they say the negative, you also have to say something. Say something to counteract what they are saying. The Bible says, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Of course there is a cause. There is a cause. I am the reason for this battle. Yes. I am the reason. You have no idea. I was anointed years ago for this battle. I was anointed. I was anointed years ago for this battle. This uncircumcised Philistine. I was anointed in the secrecy. What God is doing here. He's anointing us. He's anointing us. He's preparing us. He's teaching us faith this year. Preparing us for next year. When the Goliath showed up, we will say to Goliath, do you not know that I was anointed for this? I've got this. I've got this. This is what I was born for. Do you not know what I was born for? This is what I was born for. You can't ask me what I'm doing here. I was born for this. I was born for this. When the prophet came to anoint, you were not anointed. I was the one who was anointed. I was anointed for this. And solution, I decree that anointing will work for you. I decree supernatural speed coming upon you. In the name of Jesus, receive it now. I said receive it now. In the name of Jesus. There is a cause. There is a cause. And this is the cause. I am the cause. I am the cause. You see when they came to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And they said we are looking for Jesus. What did he say? He said I am he. Glory be to God. You can't scare me. I'm not scared of this battle. I'm not scared of this mountain. I'm not scared of this death. I'm not scared of this sickness. I'm not scared of cancer. I am he. I was born for this. I was anointed for this. I was created for this. My faith was built up for this. Verse 30 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible says that he turned from him towards another. I love that. That is so crucial. The Bible says that and David turned from his brother. He, so that means people who talk negative, you turn away from them. You turn away from them. It doesn't mean disrespect. And David Turn away from him to another. Because what's coming out of here is junk. I don't want to hear junk. I don't want you in my close circles. You don't understand my language. I'm speaking a language of faith. You don't get this. So I've got to go to someone who can understand what I'm saying. 
because you don't understand this language I'm speaking. I'm speaking faith, but you don't understand it. So let me speak to somebody else who understands. He turned to another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. Thank God. The people were answering him according to the questions he was asking. But his brother was envious. Listen, never allow anybody. Never allow anybody to look down on your face. Never allow anybody to look down on you. It's not by degrees. It's not by qualifications. I said it's not by degree. Neither is it by qualification. And you know the story. David killed Goliath. Goliath was the mountain. Like I've always said, there will always be a mountain that stands between you and the palace. And what do you do to the mountain? You tell the mountain, move out of my way. David took care of Goliath, killed Goliath, and that gave him access into the kingdom, into the palace. Every time you're running away from mountains, you're running away from your destiny. It might be a mountain of depression. Don't run away from it. It might be a mountain of generational curses. Don't run away from them. Stand in front of them and say to it, be thou cast into the sea. Remove that mountain. Listen, the possibility mindset is a well-able mindset. That's what David had. David said, you can't push me out of here. You can't look down on me. I was born for this. Finally, as we close, let's quickly look at a group of people who use their faith to remove mountains. Numbers Numbers chapter 13 from verse 27 to 33. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. From today, there will be no mountain that can stand before you. Amen. God will never put a mountain before you that you cannot deal with. God will never put you in a ring if you are a heavyweight and he'll put you in the ring with a super, super heavyweight. He will never do that. He'll always put you in the ring with someone that you have the ability to defeat. And listen to me, God will never mismanage your life. He's too good to mismanage your life. Numbers chapter 13 from verse 27. This is so crucial. The Bible says that, and you know the story already, uh, Moses has sent 12 spies to spy the land because God said he's giving them the land. And then um, the 12 came back with a report. 10 came back with a negative report. And two came back with a good report. Now quickly, let's look at it. The Bible says that, and they told him and said, We came onto the land 
where you sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they have gone to the land, they have taken the fruit of the land and brought it as evident to Moses. This is the land that God has promised us that he's going to give to us. We have gone to it. We have surveyed the land. This is an evidence that we have been and this is the report we are going to give you from that land. Verse 28, it says, Nevertheless, the people be strong and well in the land and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, isn't that interesting? Verse 27, they came back with a good report. All of them. We have been to the land. We spy the land. The land flowing with milk and honey. And then this is the fruit of it. So, we've seen that this land is a good land. It's a fruitful land. And then they say, nevertheless. But. That word nevertheless, that means but. Every time God says something and you say but, you are negating the promises of the word of God concerning your life. There are some nevertheless that are good, but there are some nevertheless that are bad. Luke chapter 5, we won't read it, 1 to 8. Peter said, we have told all night, nevertheless, at your word, we will launch out our net into the sea. That's a good nevertheless. But this was a negative nevertheless. It's a nevertheless. The people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Do you not think that God knew that this was there before he sent them? Of course. God will never mismanage your life. God will never send you into danger. Next verse, verse 29. The Bible says that the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Now listen to me. Every, every city that God is going to give you, someone is already occupied it. Any promotion God is going to give you, someone is already occupying that seat. You can say, oh, God, I'm a nice, I'm a nice person. Uh, it's okay, let them sit there. <laughs> no, no, the Bible says God removes one and puts another in. Now, if you don't want it, then that's fine. If you don't want battle, you can't have promotion. If you don't want a test, you can't have testimonies. And so, oh, you know, Pastor, I mean, on Thursday I was teaching on praise for vengeance. That God has two sides. There's a side of love and the side of vengeance. The, the only language the devil understands is the language of vengeance. He doesn't understand. Come out of him. <laughs> Come out of him. That's the language he understands. He doesn't come out of him. Oh, please, can you come out of him? No. Check Jesus, all his dealings with the devils. Check, check his, they, they, they recognize that Jesus has so much power. 
So every land God will give you, there are some people there already. Don't have mercy for those people. You are God's child. God wants you to possess the land. Yes. Verse, verse 30. The Bible says that, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. I love that spirit. I love the Caleb spirit. He's still the people. You have to, the word still there means Caleb said to them, please, shush, zip it. Caleb said, keep quiet. We don't want to hear negative report. When you read this scripture further, the Bible says that the whole nation cried after they heard the negative report. The whole nation wept. They cried because these 10 leaders have come with a negative report. But the two said, no, 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 no. We are not going to listen to that negative report. We are not going to obey that negative report. We are going to go by God's report. That's what the Bible says. Through faith, they obtain good report. Hebrews 11, 2. Through faith, they obtain a good report. So it takes faith to change every negative report into good. And Caleb stole the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able. Verse 31, the Bible says that, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. How can you possibly say that? When God said, I am with you. Romans chapter 8, from verse 28 to 30, 35, they're about, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? God is with you. And you are saying, these people are more than us. How can you say they are stronger than you when God is on your side? Who is stronger than God? Who can be stronger than God? God is on your side. I said God is on your side. Finally, verse 32 and 33, the Bible says that, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that eaten up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, if the land eats up its inhabitants, how come they saw people there? Yeah. <laughs> how come they saw people there? You said the land eats up its inhabitants, yet you saw inhabitants there. Yeah. Have you not heard some people sometimes they say, um, uh, I believe God can do it. I believe God is all powerful. I believe God is all mighty. I believe God is a healer. Yet they can't believe God to heal them. That's a contradiction. How can you say God is all powerful and you're scared of a cockroach? How, how can you say God is all powerful and you're scared of a witch or a wizard? Christ is in you, and you are scared of a witch or a wizard. A witch, oh, a wizard is going to eat my, my, you know, some people say, the witch is going to eat my baby. They say they are going to eat my baby inside. Come 
Come on now. How can, now do you know, do you know, you know, people, many don't believe, you know, we believe that we have the Holy Ghost. Yet, when we go by a cemetery, we are scared of ghosts. <laughs> we are scared of a human ghost. The Holy Ghost and the evil ghost, which is more powerful? Now, if the Holy Ghost is inside of you, how can you be scared of a cemetery? Now, if somebody gives you a free house by a cemetery now, you won't take it. <laughs> you won't take it. You won't take it. They say, no, 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 you keep it. You won't take it. Why? Because you don't believe that God can do it with you. There was a story, quickly, as we get ready to close, of um, a guy who took a taxi, you know, and then the taxi driver wanted to really show this guy. So they went through an area where there was cemetery, very late at night. So when they got to the cemetery area on this side and that side, there's a cemetery there, there's a cemetery there. And then the taxi driver stopped the car, very late. <laughs> and then the guy started shaking. He was shaking. He said, driver, what's happening? So the driver would pretend to start the car and it's not starting. He said, my battery is dead. The guy started screaming. He started, true story, he started screaming. And then before he realized, he got out of the taxi. Now, where is he going to run to? You run here, cemetery. You run there, cemetery. He said, ghosts are coming. <laughs> Mindset. It's all in the mind. The dead is no more powerful than the living. So those of you who are scared of dead, dead bodies, the dead is no more powerful than the living. If they were, they would not be dead. They would be alive. And people who go and consult dead, dead mediums, if those people are powerful, they will be alive by now. Are you following what I'm saying? Quickly, as we get ready to close. Verse 33. The Bible says that, and there we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which came out of the giants. And we were in their own sight as grasshoppers, and we were in as we were in their sight. So do you see mindset? Listen, it doesn't matter what I teach in this church. If your mind is not renewed, you can't receive the renewed word. Yes. It doesn't matter what I teach. I can teach on faith, teach on faith, teach on faith. If your mind is not renewed to receive the word of faith, it will never work for you. That's why the word is working for some people and it's not working for some people. Why? Because your mind is not renewed. You always see yourself as a grasshopper even though God is with you. Do we not have the same number of children in the class yet only one comes first and the, there's a last one that comes last? Why? Is it not the same teacher? Is he not teaching the same thing? Yeah. So what is it that prevents others from receiving the same word 
that is working for others and it's not working for others. It's time for us to take our faith to the next level. It's time for us to use our faith to, re to remove every mountain, every mountain that is standing in front of you. The purpose of that mountain is so you can use God's faith, the God kind of faith to remove it. Finally, as we close, today is our supernatural speed service. The Bible says in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, the Bible says that, and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah, and he gathered up his loins, and he ran ahead to the entrance of Jezreel before Ahab. Now, Ahab went in chariots, but Elijah went on his foot. But the difference between Elijah and Ahab was that the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. I decree upon you today the hand of the Lord coming upon you. Amen. I decree upon you today the supernatural power of God Amen. coming upon you. Amen. That God will give you speed in Amen. everything you do. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I decree supernatural speed into your life. Amen. From today, you will not go on a go slow lane. Amen. I decree that everything your hand touches from today will go on a high speed. Amen. Supernatural speed. Amen. Supernatural speed. Amen. Supernatural speed. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Where you have been stuck, I remove you now. Amen. Where you have been stagnated, I remove you now. Amen. I decree speed in your finances. Amen. Supernatural speed in your relationships. Amen. Supernatural speed in your business. Amen. Supernatural speed in this church. Amen. Supernatural speed in your career. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every storm that has raged against you, I decree an end to it now. Amen. I decree an end to that storm now. Amen. That storm in your family, I decree an end to it now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. every storm that has held you back, I decree an end to it now. Amen. I decree the peace of God. Amen. Every negative wind that keeps blowing you back, every wild wind that keeps blowing you back, every tail wind that keeps blowing you back, I decree an end to it now. Amen. I decree an end to it now. Amen. I decree from today supernatural speed. Amen. The anointing that destroys every yoke, I decree that anointing upon you today. Amen. I decree that anointing upon you today. Amen. Speed in your career. Amen. Speed in your business. Amen. Speed in the life of your children. Amen. Speed in this ministry. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Everything your hand touches from today will go on supernatural speed. Amen. I anoint your hands yes. with the anointing that destroys yokes. I anoint your hands yes. with, the, with, with the anointing that breaks every barrier. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. from today you will see great things. Amen. You will experience greatness. Amen. Your hands will handle great things. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Did you receive it today? Yeah.
Did you receive it today? Supernatural speed. Supernatural speed. Supernatural speed. Supernatural speed.